This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, it's the Thrill Ride Doom. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So yeah, just in time for Dune's release, uh, we're going to do a show about Dune and all things Dune. And everything uh, uh, I know about the books, and we all know about the movies, and that Brian knows about what just came out. We've all just seen the new movie. Brian's only exposure, as it turns out, is the new Dune movie, which is kind of exciting because we get all sorts of perspectives on it. I love this book. Uh, I love the series. I really love all the movies they did. So it's a fun time for me. Interesting note, there is a power failure here in Portland just as we were about to wrap up. So... Uh, this is literally Dune Part 1. We will record Part 2 sometime in the future, maybe if they actually make Dune Part 2. Um, yeah, just stay on the lookout for me saying, that's Endgame. Now let's hit it. I am Eric, that is Brian, that is Chris, you are you, and this is the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Huh? Boom. Boom. That's a, a pretty good land pretty speed good. record. And this is Chris, by the way. And that's Eric. And this is Brian, by yeah, the way. And that's Brian. You can't see us because, you know, this is a podcast, but, you know, that's us. It's the, the Augie Doggy Days of October. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and it's chilly here. What's it like in Arizona? Um, it's nice. It's like summer. You know, we have two seasons, which is summer and extra summer. And. <laughs> So it's nice, and it's a t- nice time to be outside now. It's like 80 degrees. It's lovely. Yeah. And, and yeah. hey, Chris, you're in Texas. What are the uh, uh, personal and individual freedoms like? Uh, almost non-existent, as always. Woo-hoo! Gotta love Texas. Yeah. Now they're talking about uh, rolling back the gay and lesbian marriage legality here in Texas, <laughs> even though Oberfell is like law of the land, but Texas is now starting to talk about how they're going to repeal that too. It's like, so basically anything but fixing the electric grid is really yeah. on their agenda. So it's, wow. you know, God bless them. God bless them. It's, I, I, I swear, it's like they really want to get all rational Republicans to just say, ah, no. Yeah. No, so I can't see this no more. It, it's good. It's good. So, uh, yeah. It's also hot. It's humid. It's gross. It's sticky. Uh, some mornings it's really nice and chilly, and other mornings it's not. So it's like always. Woo. Don't like the weather. Stick around. <laughs> It'll change. That's their thing. Uh, so. you, know what, you know what I think it's time for right now? Yeah, I do. What? Fresh it. <laughs> this shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It's fresh. This stuff is real. I think it's time we start talking about stuff we've been watching, li- listening, entertainment, oh today. So, who's got stuff? Who wants to kick it off? I got some things, I guess. Um, you always have things. 
That's like well, the, the I'm, rule. I've mostly just been like tagging up on things that I've already talked about, right? Like okay. so, watching more Doom Patrol. Um, okay. Finished okay. though. Um, finished the first season, I guess, of Only Murders in the Building. Did Did you finish that one up, Chris, or did it? Did, uh, did you leave it behind? No, we're we're pacing ourselves on it. We don't really binge, so we've got like two episodes left, I think. So we're almost there. Okay. Well, so, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, but I'm liking Nathan Lane. As a, just a total asshole in this one, it's good. It's fun, uh, not his normal routine. So, yeah, I'll I'll reserve my my uh, judgment on that on the show until until it's less spoilery. So, okay, uh, been watching that, and then uh, through through circumstances that uh, let's just say were not my personal motivations, uh, I ended up watching Halloween Kills Ooh. this week. <laughs> had you seen the the one before i the, have uh, never seen any halloween movie ever no really? way really? not even the first one not even the first one <laughs> no you've, you've seen nah. season of the witch right i i've seen enough that of, of several of them to have a pretty <laughs> decent idea what they are yeah as far as i'm concerned and this will probably piss off every horror fan listening uh, the only good one worthwhile is the first one, and all the rest you can just not mess with. I don't care. Yeah. It's Michael Myers. Who gives a fuck? That's just my personal <laughs> opinion. You know, I'll tell come you at who me. doesn't give a fuck is the screenwriters for Halloween Kills. Yeah, it's, um, it's so funny. Boy, what a nothing of a slasher movie. Like just, yeah, just. I mean, okay, so I know. First of all, I know that they did. They were doing everything they could to tie this back to the original 1978. Like all the little kids, those characters are back, and one of them's played by Anthony Michael Hall, uh, who really? is now is like he, is he old? Well, yeah, but an- this is this is like old, aggrieved white, you know, dude, <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, right? <laughs> so, just, um, so just the older version of his character from Edward Scissorhands. That's all it is. No, more more the older version. Yeah, I'd give okay. my left yeah, nut sure. to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, but like some of the actual, I guess one of the actresses actually was one of the kids back in the day or okay. whatever. And it's 40 years later and it takes place on the same night, I guess, as the last film. Halloween? Um, no, yeah. well, the, the, the Halloween that was a sequel to Halloween, oh. um, that was made a couple years ago. Yeah. The, um, the thing I understand about these new ones is that it, it, it makes the Rob Zombie ones look even more ridiculous. <laughs> but that's not really saying much. And since I haven't seen them, I don't know. It's like to me, it's like apples oranges kind of thing. But uh, well, that's Mike, the gist. Michael Myers' entire character is walks up to people and kills them as if giving them a handshake, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was really, I was really struck by how how much depth there was and and what a story arc there was for this character who is literally just a dude who walks up and kills people. Yeah, it's just a, a big golem. That's all he is. It. The thing is, like, the kills weren't interesting. Like, I was expecting at least like a Friday the Thirteenth level of creativity, but no, no, it's just like knives. Yeah, like just we're just stabbing people. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, don't let this sour you. You really should go back and watch the original Carpenter because it is a very good movie. I mean, it's it's tight, it's independent, so they're not beholden to big studio notes, and it's literally his vision. And it it's why all these slasher movies kicked yeah. off. You can totally see the sure. genesis. It's so worth it. 
but the rest it's just oh it's diluted it's overplayed it's just yeah yeah this is this isn't even a complete movie it's a setup for the next movie and it's a continuation of the previous movie Jamie Lee Curtis is back as old Jamie Lee Curtis Laurie Strode and in this film she literally takes a nap for half the movie because <laughs> the character was so fucked up by the end of the last movie her her entire appearance in this film is restricted to one hospital room yeah and for half the movie she's unconscious so she just had to show up and sleep on set right it's, it's good stuff that's a good picture <laughs> if you can get it <laughs> this is uh is the doctor it Loomis- made me want to watch a nightmare on elm street movie is what it made me- this in the oh, last podcast <laughs> dude i after we finished <laughs> that thing after we finished that recording i went back to watch uh nightmare five the dream child. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, cause that's just oh, one. I that's always, where it goes off the rail. Yeah, that's one. I always flame out on and I, st- and I couldn't fin. I still haven't finished it. <laughs> it's just so terrible. <laughs> I'm like, who, do- who is, who cares? I mean, the only interesting thing is it's a early role for Brecken Meyer and it's uh, disconcerting that he's so young, but yeah, it's distracting. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, beyond that, I've been watching, I'm, I've got one more episode left of Squid Game. Again, better kills than Halloween kills Squid Game, which it honestly has so much gunplay, it should be called Squib Game. But anyway. Squid Game kills. Um, yeah. thing with, with, with yeah. Squid Game, I think they develop the characters of the victims before they kill them. And yes, that's exactly. what makes it effective. unlike Halloween. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what nobody ever <laughs> seems to get. If you don't care about who you're killing, it's just violence porn. You know, yeah. So, is Squid Game that have they set it up sort of like Lost, where they give you the characters in the background and then suddenly they're in jeopardy and it's the stakes are kind of a little real. bit okay, a little bit. Yeah, the first ep- first two episodes are are more backstory than okay. anything, but yeah, it's 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 good. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, Halloween sucks. I mean, kills Halloween kills. I think that uh, saw that. I think the next week. one's going to be called Halloween Ends. And it's like, don't make any promises you're not going to keep, man. Like, yeah, name any <laughs> horror franchise that actually says this is the last one, and yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think, I, mean, I think they might be saying this is just the last one that um, 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 she's going to be in, maybe. Yeah, Didn't that, isn't, maybe. This, isn't, I, this also isn't the first time no, that they, they tried to bring her back into this thing, right? No, no. it's not. Because she was like in H two O and Resurrection. She was in H two O and Resurrection, and then yeah, they just they just wiped the continuity clean of both of those movies with yeah. the last one. Oh, I will say this: I think that Hall- Halloween Kills might be the only movie that uh, only horror movie that includes a performance of the song "Shaving Cream." <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> I have a sad story to tell you. It may hurt your feelings a bit. Last night when I walked into my bathroom, I stepped in a big pile of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look clean. Classic Dr. Demento shaving wow. cream. So it's got that going for it. Uh. Are they still using the same Carpenter music? Have they updated it? Oh yeah, Carpenter did the soundtrack. Okay, okay. For Halloween Kills, he's yeah, still making it's, bank it's off that thing. It's so new like, takes on it. Yeah, f- yeah. Forty, almost fifty years later, he's probably making a tidy sum off of that. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. Anyway, I wonder, I wonder how many of these some fresh. I shit. wonder how many of these movies though, like 
the the first one was directly referencing Black Christmas, which is considered the first slasher film. It's like they yeah. all follow the same formula. I wonder if they all said, "Oh yeah, let's do that." Probably. But I don't then know how- if it's that or if it's. I, I have to assume that 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 to some degree it was because this is all just basically makeup artists who want to do cool gore gags, yeah, right? Yeah. And they can make money on these so they can get funding. You know, they they're profitable. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they're not that expensive to make, but back in the eighties, I mean, you remember like Fangoria would come out and it'd be like every new movie coming out and all of like the skull split shots and all of that. I mean, that's literally <laughs> Fangoria, uh, every issue. <laughs> it's just so saturated with just gross and gore. I mean, it was just, that was the time to live. I tell you. Brought yeah. to you by the latex lobby. Yeah. Really. Latex. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Excellent. about rubbers anymore. Boom, that's boom. right. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you have, Chris? Uh, this one's for you, Eric. Uh, HBO Max is now showing all three original Shaft movies, so I've been revisiting those. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I haven't watched Shaft in Africa yet. Uh, I still have never seen that one. That one's so hard, that's, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, you could... The title of that movie makes it sound offensive. Well, <laughs> well yeah. It starts with, with Shaft in 1971, the original. It's got the Isaac Hayes theme song, which is just kicks so much ass all over the place uh and that's a tight little exploitation movie it's fun it's violent uh shaft is snappy he's he's you know in your face he's not taking any shit uh and then you get shaft's big score comes out a year later uh but for some reason the isaac hayes score is gone and gordon because the director yeah yeah. that's exactly like gordon parks yeah and he's making something that's like sort of uh, shaft light in the music department it's it, like reminiscent but it's like this is not shaft come on but i man. still say that film <laughs> is a really tight film i mean it is it it is i though? love i love big score i mean because the the action and the story move very quickly much more so than the first one the first one yeah. was more of a detective story the second one is a, a, almost a chase you know like the whole film i loved it yeah well, it, my only problem was that like it's still on a budget, so basically that movie is effectively supposed to be Shaft against the mob, but mm-hmm. the mob in this case ends up being like three guys in a high-rise hotel room. I mean, it's like that's literally <laughs> it, and I just can't take it seriously, uh, and so it just bounces around uh, from scene to scene, and eventually it you know it works, but every time the the music comes on, it just it feels off because it's not the Isaac Hayes, and that's just I guess. I it also like the Shaft's big score uh, theme song. I'm a fan. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just not the Isaac Hayes, which is, you know, when you watch Shaft, that's kind of imbued. In yeah. It. Uh, so it's a, like, third, yeah. a third to a half of the Isaac Hayes song, though, is basically the intro to the song for shaft it's like yeah it's like we're about (laughs) we're about we're about to start the song we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna play the song (laughs) but they don't get to it and then they then they're done you know yeah they they make you anticipate the shaft yes (laughs) but the the new guy doesn't doesn't have quite as much of a shaft to offer uh, it's is is that what you guys are saying yeah okay it's a limp shaft we'll just say that uh okay that, the, that I believe. But the, the Gordon Parks, I mean, he still does like the talk singy stuff 
about Shaft, like like he's the bad motherfucker, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a little different to see Shaft's big score, and it's just off putting to me somehow. I don't really know how to explain it. So yeah. that was sort of the a law of diminishing returns. Like the budget went up, but the grosses weren't stellar. And so by the time they got to Shaft in Africa, I guess it just totally tanked it. So they sold the rights to TV. Uh, but ugh, and then and then his best friend is a white cop. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. that's it's like, not Shaft. <laughs> hey, so Bill, just- <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, uh, 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 uh. yeah. but a uh, little bit of trivia. Apparently, Richard Roundtree is the only actor to ever play John Shaft because the yeah. the sequel remakes or whatever all son he and shows up as John Shaft. Yeah, like Sam Jackson right. plays his nephew. And then in this last, yeah, one, now he's like Grandpa Shaft, right? Yeah. So it's there was one just like 2019. Roundtree yeah, was in it. Yeah, Roundtree's is John Shaft, and then Sam Jackson plays his nephew, who I guess is John Shaft or whatever. The sure. second, and then his, and then Jack's, Jackson's son is another Shaft, and then it's like three generations or whatever. I don't know. I can't yeah. keep up. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't is think that's a very shafts? easy that's formula. The question. Yeah. So it's just, ugh. and then the, the Jackson one is just, it's hard to watch because the, he's a cop. I'm like, no, come on. Yeah. He's got to be a private detective to get in trouble and, you know, bust skulls outside the law. He's he a, can't be some he's a cop, cop who, who like roughs up other black guys. The whole point of Shaft was he's, you know, sort of a, a guardian for his race and it's, yeah. it's, you know, empowering. Yeah. I love it though in the first movie when he he's getting guff from the cop. He's like, "Shaft, where are you going, Shaft?" He's like, "I'm gonna go get laid." <laughs> it's like played for laughs. It's so just like forced, but it's so hilarious at the same time, and that sort of sets the whole tone for the movie. It's awesome. Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah that's so right. Just, and uh, Christopher, not Chris. Go oh, boy, he Chris. He's a Chris, but he says it weird. Uh, the one who was Batman, Chris. Uh, like the actor, yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy yeah. in the Shaft movie. Yeah, yeah the, that was the weird. Two thousand one, yeah, because that was right after uh, American Psycho, and I guess his career was not quite shining yet. So no. he he gets to be the bad guy in Shaft. Yeah. And he was kind of a dick. Yeah, he was a privileged one percenter white kid. So yeah, yeah, it's easy to hate. So perfect, uh, actually, Shaft villain. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it was just I like I just showed they just showed up on HBO and I went okay. So watch Shaft. My wife just sort of dutifully sat through it, and then <laughs> when I tried, then like a couple nights later when I tried to watch Shaft's big score, she's like, "No, you are not watching that right now. No." <laughs> okay, I'll watch it later. <laughs> so I got to wait for her to go to bed to watch these things now. Uh, uh, she has. You got to wait for your wife to go to bed so you can enjoy your shaft. Yeah, downstairs or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. She has determined you know, the length, width, and depth of the shaft. Yeah, yeah. She, yes. uh, she definitely dictates the shaft in this house. Uh, there you have it. There's so many that we could just keep doing, but I'm gonna yeah. stop there and. Uh, let Eric tell us what he's been doing because uh, I right. literally have nothing else. Yeah. Can I, can I jump in though? Cause Eric, you mentioned Christian Bale and Batman. Yeah. Have you guys seen the trailer for the new Robert Pattinson Batman Ugh, trailer? Yeah. 
No. Yeah. No. Not no. looking forward okay. to it. Okay. So. Somehow the response to the Christian Bale Batman movies was, boy, you know what? These weren't grim and dark enough. We need even grimmer and darker Batman. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah, the, the only thing I've seen is somebody posted a picture and it was like, uh, Colin Farrell is the penguin and then Colin Farrell in real life. And they're like, why would you even hire Colin Farrell for this role? Because <laughs> like, they grossed him out and just uglied him up. And it's like, there's no reason. So yeah. I, I, It's seven. Everything about this looks like seven, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I I actually yeah. have a different question. Okay, this one, the, the trailer is that Nirvana uh, song, is the, yeah, the background music. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix 4 preview was uh, uh, Red... Oh, White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Um, yeah. The Dune preview was uh, Eclipse, like the, an old Pink Floyd. So I think the new thing with previews is... Take an old, old song, like old, like when we were children, <laughs> and yeah. either redo it or put something behind it to make it all like orchestral and heavy, and yeah. then do your yeah. preview to that. Is that well? I make mean, sense? I mean, it's just you know, it's it, a way to sell it to a, a generational thing. I will say that the the Pink Floyd for Dune though was probably a nod to Yodorovsky's Dune yeah, because at one I point he so was going to get. Pink Floyd to get the the music, so that was probably a winky winky inside baseball kind of thing for that one. Yeah, but the rest, yeah, I would agree. It's it's like it's like the when you're it's when, it's lazy. Well, it's like when it's, you're uh, yeah. well, it's like when you're watching car commercials and suddenly they're they're selling cars using music from your teenage years, and then suddenly you realize, oh shit, I've jumped into a whole different demographic now. Fuck. Yeah, but it's at least they've been of, doing mm-hmm. that for you know for decades now. The thing with yeah, the previews. Yeah. Like before they did this, uh, it was always the blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they've been doing the slow modeling cover song thing for a while. We talked about this yeah. four years ago on our cover episode that we yeah. recently did a replay of. Yeah. Didn't we have like, um, a, like a nice montage of that? Yeah. Like yeah. I'll play it here again because I had fun making it. Find you acting on your best behavior Turn your back on Mother Nature Everybody wants to That made me happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eric, what's your actual fresh shit? Uh, I've been reading, well, listening to on uh, Audible, uh, Adam Schiff's book, Midnight in Washington, or How We Almost Lost Our Democracy and Still Could. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, yet. Yeah, very uplifting. (laughs) Yeah, just because I wanted to terrify myself some more, but... Basically, Adam Schiff <laughs> is the congressman who was running the impeachment against Trump, and he goes through all the stuff they found and all the stuff they displayed and how basically 
Trump did not beat the rap. Trump had a uh, Senate that was not willing to convict somebody in their yeah. own party. It's like basically our system. If you think the mm-hmm. justice system is fucked up, the justice system for people in charge is even worse. Uh, so yeah, he totally did it, and we're totally in trouble. Um, I can't yeah, imagine what it will be like. Slowly replacing if somebody smarter than Trump uh, gets in there and tries this shit. Um, I mean, yep. Ted Cruz. I'm sorry, is is even more oily. And he's a lawyer, so he knows how to do shit and get away with it. That guy could easily make this the Fourth Reich. Uh, it's yeah. really well, fucking Well, meanwhile, scary. they're replacing all the election officials wherever the Republicans have power to, yeah. to put in yeah. people who are like, you know, just We're, No election lying. will matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it'll matter if the Republicans think that they won. Yeah. But it won't but, I matter mean, if they don't. We've already seen the erosion start, though. I mean, Republicans are already starting the drum roll of it's uh, a fake election, like it's rigged. If they even start lagging in the polls, so that they can set right. the stage for when they actually lose, legitimately, I would add, because there's still been nothing proven for for voter fraud any on that level. So when they lose, they start doing the drumbeat Ugh. of recounts and this and that. So that's what all of the, the Trump bullshit has wrought. And it's yeah. just, you know, yeah. and I don't know if they can put that genie back in the bottle because there's just enough crazy people out there. It's just, ugh. I mean, it, it had always been the thing where you just had to do the concession speech. Yeah. And it turns out the concession speech has been a pretty critical cornerstone of Who American knew? democracy. Yeah. Who and, knew? Yikes. Who knew? But at yeah. least we're getting a Ooh. new goddamn Batman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also worse than yeah. the last. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, boy, we're fucked. And. At least I get to watch like everything crumble and fall to pieces. Uh, That's the it'll spirit. Be, it'll be fun to watch. Like basically, Republicans go, "We won," and then the whole thing is on fire. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I uh, and he he makes this great analogy that like everybody thought, oh boy, you know, because the Trump presidency is now over, we got past it, and he's like, you know, uh. When the terrorists tried to drop the World Trade Center, they actually tried it with vans before they realized that didn't work. And the next time they used planes, the Trump presidency was just the vans. The next one's going <laughs> to oh. be the planes. <laughs> uh, oh, man. And trust me, they're still out there. I was out, I was out running errands yesterday, and there was the Women for Trump truck parked out. Um, and it, it's, this, it's, it's a bus. And the whole bus is covered in a big decal, like with all of the, it looks like, you know, an internet meme, but it's, it's literally ready for round true Trump 2024. And it's, it's Donald Trump's head photoshopped on top of Rocky Balboa's body. Uh, that thing. And oh then God. next to it is Ivanka, is Ivanka or Ivana uh, walking down a runway in a white dress that's been photoshopped to be a make America great again flag as her dress. And it's just, I looked at this thing and I'm just like, well, I, I know that part of the point of that is to irritate liberals, and uh-huh. they did. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah, that's, but that's irritating. The thing. You're, if your whole party platform is just playing uh, gotcha with the fucking liberal side, quote unquote, uh, that's not a platform. That's just 
assholes. That's all it is. It's like, well, if you oh, don't have this, anything this to govern on. This whole thing is me getting beat up in the third grade on a global stage, oh, right? Shit. This is just bullies get away with yeah. shit, being yeah. bullies. But uh, Fuck you. It's akin to this, though. I saw this today, that someone had taken a, a screenshot of the Flat Earth Society uh, Twitter feed, and the message, the tweet was... Uh, the Flat Earth Society has members around the globe. And the person said, <laughs> they're like, um, okay. <laughs> it's that. My, my favorite wow. anti-Flat Earther meme is the, is the picture of the solar system where all the other planets are round and Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah, like, that's This good. is how Flat Earthers are viewing <laughs> the solar system. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's just this, like, extreme myopia that just doesn't pay any attention to anything that would actually, you know, show them that it's, like, not a real thing. And I'm just dead set and determined. Oh. I'm sure they're probably, like, their response is something similar to, like, when we atheists say bless you to somebody who sneezes, you know? It's like, yeah. we don't really mean it. It's just, it's an expression. You yeah. know what? I don't say, I say acknowledgement now. <laughs> that's that's what well, I, my wife and I say to each other, one of us, acknowledgement. My wife has been know. beating me up lately over that, and I'm just like, I, it's been drilled into my head for 50 years. If you want me to not do it, it's going to take a little breaking distance, you know? <sighs> This is yeah. personally. This is yeah. I just don't. been. It's been hammered in my head since it was soft. You know. Yeah. There are other there are other things to be bothered by. I'm not bothered by that. I'm not bothered by people that say Merry Christmas because that's just you know a standard greeting. But when the people get bent on a shape and go, Oh, Happy Holidays, fuck that. It's like this is literally not the hill to fucking die on. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. So We're about to. to get- we're about to lose our representative democracy. Maybe you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we resolve the fresh shit. Fresh don't better. Fresh fresh. I'm glad we're talking about Dune, which is such an uplifting movie about some of the stuff we just talked about, <laughs> like <Yeah>. politics <laughs> and the environment <laughs> and everything. So yeah, I gotta I gotta say, Spice World, Dune okay. is is my favorite science fiction anything. I, mm-hmm. I it is brilliant. It is it started as a novel in 1965 that became a cult hit in the 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 science fiction circles. It spawned six other books by Frank Herbert. He was going to complete and Star it, but Wars, he died. Clearly, well, that's that's the other thing is that the num is the number of different things that stole from Dune. Uh, right, my you know I, I, that the film that's out now there. is probably going to be harmed by the number of people going. Wait, this is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, and Dune, that's when you when you. Go ahead. When you brought up the idea of Dune, that was my first thing. Was like, well, how are we going to? disseminate everything dune when it has infiltrated so much of science fiction that it's really just kind of distilled a little too too much it's like uh-huh. every you know like that's this movie and that's this movie and that's this movie and you're like well that's from dune oh shit but it's so overwrought now that it's like it's hard to separate you know what i mean well i let's let me let me i guess break out the sort of the, the the quick version of the the everything with Dune. All right. Uh, the idea is that in eight thousand years, uh, mankind has spread out across the universe because they discovered the way to fold space, 
and now they can visit anywhere. Uh, they've discovered a planet that has a psychotropic drug that allows navigators of these space folding ships to see where they're going, because without it, you just you can ram into a star or whatever. So you need navigators. Got to be tripping balls, right? To navigate Basically. the universe. Who, who yes. breathe this stuff twenty four seven and can. The thing is, the spice gives you uh, the ability to see the future, right? And so the navigators basically can see where they should go because if I go that way, I'm going to hit something in the future. Like, you know, prescience is basically the gift of the spice. Uh, oh, okay. So, so quick footnote: that's actually not made clear by the new movie. So, <laughs> no, exactly. so everybody's aware. <laughs> exactly. This, I, we watched the new Denny Villeneuve. I hope I said his name somewhat close to correctly. Uh, film that came out this week. This was my first dipping of my toes into anything Dune. I haven't read the books. I haven't seen the David Lynch film. I didn't watch the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. I've only seen the new movie in 2021. And yes, it was clear that there are people who can see the future, but I did not realize that they could do so because of the spice. Yeah, nice. So they they hint at it with the the final you know knife fight because he sees himself getting killed. And so when he gets into the fight, he basically fights different so that he doesn't. But it's like he sees how he dies. Mm. They don't spell yeah, it out. Right. But the, it was clear that he could see into the future and probably that his, his mom and this whole like cast of women that are manipulating things in the background can. But I didn't realize how they could. Yeah. The, the, thing, was the thing with the spice is, yeah, they have that prescience. The Bene Gesserit are women who for generations have been trying to breed a savior, right? But it's really just mm-hmm. a man who can do what a Bene Gesserit could do because only women can do what they do. And they train, they have all sorts of different possible saviors out there that they're breeding. Uh, this one, Paul, wasn't supposed to happen. He was supposed to be a daughter. But he's a son and he's been trained and he's put on this planet where they believe that there's going to be a savior from the other world come to free them. It's not that he's actually a savior or that there's anything uh, uh, sort of woo-woo going on. It's, it's no, the all... The Jesuit have been spreading superstition yeah. and, and fake news to get these people to believe in a savior that's coming that they, happens to meet their Yeah, the agenda. Bene Gesserit, they, yeah. they create religions so that they can control people. And that's why they're so powerful in this this future world. It's like there's so much stuff going on in these books. It's crazy how, you know, how much philosophy and just politics and goes on in these books. Yeah, but well, that's the thing is that there's the book is so like the first book. Uh, we'll we'll start with is so yeah. dense with all kinds of ideas. It's not so much hard sci-fi. It's definitely more in the soft sci-fi category because he's dealing mm-hmm. with the sociology, the environment, et cetera, et cetera. And I love the fact that it's not really in your face, but he basically has done away with the whole techno future stuff that yes. a lot of sci-fi traffics in, uh, which I guess they get into in the later novels to give you the backstory. But basically, computers are not in use, so they have these things called mentats, which are just people that are trained to be human computers. And so that's through for Hawat. Uh, and Piter DeVries, etc. And so it's like this weird subculture. Of, they're just like human abacus, basically. Yeah. Uh, doing they, all these calculations. 
The Butlerian Jihad made it illegal to make any machine in the uh, 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 in the likeness of the mind of man, is what yeah. the way they put it. Because the machines tried to take over, and they realized that's dangerous. So yeah, when you see the guy's eyes roll back in the new movie, those are the Mentats. Yeah. And so all it's, sorts of different that, different like lines going on. What I love is that they're all human, but they're all offshoots into these specialties. And yeah, yeah. it's it is a very specialized society. Uh, in so the so 10, they do 000. have one one bit of future tech, which is that they have these these shields which will stop projectiles from harming them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they all fight with swords. Yeah. Right. And so I'm trying to understand that in 8,000 years, we've developed the force field, but we forgot about chain mail. Is that explained in the books? Because it's really not in the movie, right? Like, well, no, just why look, can't we wear chain well, mail and not thing, get stabbed? The, the thing is, they've developed laser guns. And this is the real reason for the shields, is they've developed laser guns, but the shields, if you fire a laser gun at that shield, you essentially get a nuclear explosion. So it's like in your best interest not to fucking fire a laser at somebody wearing a shield. And so with the invention of the shield, everything got thrown back to knives. That's why yeah. they, they're all using swords and junk. It's not so much that the shield replaces the chainmail as the, the shield replaces the laser gun. Yeah. No, Which, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like the shield is clearly guarding them against bullets or these little mosquito death dart things or whatever. Hunter seekers. But hunter seekers, it it's guarding them against all of that. But there is technology to protect you against a sword. R- it's called armor. R- <laughs> right, but right. here's the thing, if you're like wearing armor uh, uh, but instead of a uh-huh. shield, then they just pull out that laser gun and chop you in half. Yeah. You can't wear a shield and armor? I mean, well, have you tried to wear chainmail? It ain't, it ain't light. It's like people mm, romanticize. I can see why people on on Arrakis might not want to wear yeah. chainmail because it'd be heavy and and it's hot as fuck. But yeah. I mean, but I guess me, they like are also, kind of wearing armor and shields. I mean, that is going on. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting to get this sort of perspective from someone who's never done Dune before because <laughs> that's stuff I would just never even think about. Yeah, I hadn't uh, thought of having, it either, having, frankly. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, uh, clearly Eric and I have been absorbing Dune since at least the early '80s. Uh, at least yeah. for me, when the Lynch movie came out, that's sort of when it really bombarded my radar. And then suddenly, it was like everywhere. I mean, I I saw the movie, I read the book, I had the graphic novel. Uh, I've read the book several times now. It's just, so it's like it's a part of me. So it's interesting that someone went into this one cold not knowing really anything and i just i was curious as to how that would play because there's no way i can separate myself from any of it yeah well and so that's one of the things i'm really interested in i i had gone into this with my my usual book movie hypothesis that if there's a good book and there's a reasonable shot of there being a decent movie watch the movie first because the movie will absolutely not contain all the cool stuff you love about the book. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know that you can enjoy the movie and then go get all that stuff from the book after the fact. I mean, yeah, I guess Um, the question is like, should we just discuss the movie or should we discuss what Dune is? No, I Uh, think we should discuss what, what Dune is. I'm just going to be coming at it from the perspective of, you know, this is my first foray. And I will say this as a person who had not, really steeped myself in absolutely anything about it i was not lost i felt like there was a lot of intrigue there was a lot of complexity i felt like they explained it well um 
I I felt like I had a pretty clear picture that there were these women manipulating shit behind the scenes, and there were all of these different uh, clans, essentially, that were competing for power, and it's, you know, I mean, there's clearly an influence from Dune on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? Like, definitely. You know, it's there. Well, here's, for me, it's here, in, mm, go ahead. I was just going to say, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but maybe this is how you feel as well. Uh, having watched this new movie, it felt like uh, reading the Spark Notes version of the book. That's yeah. kind of the vibe well, you get. It's just like they, you get all okay. of the bullet points, but you don't get the full breadth and scope of what's in the book. Well, here's the, 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 the problem. I mean, going back to the movies, right? The David Lynch. 1986 dune four 1984 dune was brilliant it did horribly it was considered like one of the worst films of the year when it came out yeah it's actually genius uh because they were trying to cram that whole goddamn book into one film but it's yeah the nice thing is they the nice thing about it is he had the freedom to use the dialogue from the book and frank herbert is an amazing writer of dialogue it is almost Shakespearean in its uh, pentameter, in its its rhythm, its beautiful right. dialogue. And when they remade it in like 2002 or something for the sci-fi channel, I remember thinking, this isn't bad, but they can't use any of the dialogue because it's already been used. And so it just feels like a sci-fi channel miniseries, which is what it is. Yeah. And when we got to this why, one, why I was we- like, oh, what? Go ahead. Why? Why wouldn't they be able to reuse that that dialogue if it's from the source material? I, because I then everyone's going to go, "Oh, this is just the first movie I already saw." You know, it's like yeah. that. Okay. If you if you have any exposure to the first one, it's like you're going to remember them saying this. There's there's a little bit of it with uh, 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 Gurney Halleck training Paul, where he does the whole um, mood. You know, you'll find the mood, that whole thing. In the, the original, it's he says, you know, uh, well, here's the clip. Shield practice. Shield practice? Gurney, we had practice this morning. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. I'm sorry, Gurney. Not sorry enough. And that's actually in the book. And it's, it's you know, it's straight uh, Frank Herbert. It's really good stuff. If you do it over and over again in now the third Dune film, you know, it's, you can't. It's, yeah. So like what, what he does instead, which I think is an interesting choice, it's a very villain you choice, is to not s- say next to anything. I guess I'm not in the mood today. Mood? Yeah. What's mood to do with it? You fight when the necessity arises, no matter the mood. Now fight! He makes up some scenes that didn't happen in the book that are very smart because they explain things and then they can write dialogue for them. Like when they receive Arrakis, that whole thing wasn't in the book. Uh, Paul learning the voice Mm. from his mother, that wasn't in the book. But they're smart because they can, you know, it's like those things have happened, but they don't show them happening, you know, in, in the book. So yeah. to have these scenes okay. makes perfect sense. But then you have other scenes that are straight from the book where you can't have any dialogue because it's already been done. And uh, David Lynch also gives everyone an inner voice. They're basically narrating their own moment. You're hearing their thoughts. Yeah, which is very and- off-putting the first time you watch it. But then it makes sense after you are done. Yeah. 
it's a full omniscient movie and yeah and, and here hmm. you don't you don't have that it's all done in the faces and it's all visual which you know that's good certainly but yeah with the the villain new movie what i or the the issue i have with it it looks gorgeous it does give the the broad strokes but the one thing he's really interested in are knife fights that's the one time i think he got really interested in his movie <laughs> yeah it's like it is very aloof uh it was strange until somebody's got a ch- knife people you know there's like yeah three knife battle scenes and they are terse they're well cut you know they're well edited they're oh, yeah they, yeah it's just uh i don't know it's, well, it, it's there is one big action set piece in the middle of the film when um the planet is invaded by the other clan the who, harkonnens, the harkonnen yeah. uh or, or yeah, in, who, in this uh, movie it's the harkonnens that was weird to me as well, because I've been saying it Harkonnen for like 30 years. Or the Padisha Emperor. Yeah, they mispronounce yeah. things, I think. Yeah, it's weird. It was weird. Um, whatever, whatever, whatever the correct pronunciation is, there's a scene where they invade and just bombard the fuck out of our heroes mm-hmm. yeah. on, on Arrakis, and that... That looked good. I, he showed yeah. up for that. That was, yeah. that was some... It's, yeah. That was some And it was a great, a great Gurney Halleck moment. Gurney Halleck is the thug of the Atreides military. And so it was fun watching that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, oh, Thanos? <laughs> yes, yeah. Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, okay, so I got to say that about the movie, right? It's it's a little weird to be watching this movie where it's Thanos and Poe Dameron and Aquaman yeah. and yeah. you know Drax the Destroyer <laughs> yeah. throwing down. Which, you know, but, it happened. Oh, well. well, and don't forget uh what's his name? The doctor from Thor, Stellan Skarsgård is also the Baron. Yeah. So it's but you know and then whose uh, name in the movie of that movie is Eric. Yeah. And who's uh and then uh, Zendaya who's Peter Parker's love interest. So right, it's, Mary it's, Jane's in there yeah. and Javier Bardem I guess is in it yes. somewhere yeah. but I yeah. didn't yeah. recognize and then, him. And then Peter DeVries, the yeah the Harkonnen Mentat is I'm like who the fuck is that? And then I'm like oh dot that's man. Polka Dot Man from yeah. <laughs> from Suicide yeah, Squad. Polka dot man. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 hard to watch that without seeing the faces of these superhero characters. Yeah. But yeah, watching Thanos and Poe Dameron throw down was good stuff. Well, you know, this is anyway. this is the, the where my mind went watching it because you got Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem and so suddenly it's like this weird no country for old men set in space at times because <laughs> uh, they don't have any real scenes together which is pretty much no country for old men uh and it's the desert setting so that's kind of where my mind went but they will i if had a they lot make, of time yeah if they make uh part two which is still up in the air uh they will because they're both yeah. on you know on uh, in paul's army the yeah. the thing about that first book though that i think is the most interesting thing that i don't know if they'll do it but God damn it. If they're trying to make a series out of this, they better. Is that this whole first book is a feint. It's it's to make you think it's the story of a boy becoming a man and regaining his title and it, it it's actually an inverted hero's journey. He's the villain. Paul is the one who ends up nearly destroying the universe. Uh yeah. he's going to gain his, you know, he, he, when he regains his throne, basically his army is going to spread out across the universe, just killing people in order to, uh, uh, I guess, legitimize his throne. And it's almost like his, he's Saruman, as you do. Yeah, and it's his like prescience, 
his prescience, the thing that, you know, him looking into the future is what causes all of this. And it's his son. Oh, because he sees. Okay. When you see the future and you think it's the future, then you pursue that future is basically the problem. And his mm. son. Oh, you want another thing that uh, sci-fi steals from Dune? In uh, Children of Dune, his son, who has the same power, realizes that humanity is now going to be destroyed unless they take this one golden path. This single golden path that will lead to the one outcome where everyone doesn't <laughs> die. What does that sound like to you? That's mm. Endgame. So, it's just, like I said, it's hard to divorce myself from all of the previous stuff for this new one. And so I have, I have quibbles. Like you say, it's gorgeous to look at. Uh, some of the set pieces are amazing, but it just felt hollow. I don't really know how else to explain it. Yeah. But when I watched uh, like Blade Runner 2049, uh, I didn't feel that way. I was actually invested and entertained by that. But this one, I kind of divorced myself a little bit while watching it. It was just a strange experience. I, I just was watching this going... Why isn't this an HBO series? Like, if you want, especially if you want to take it slow like this in terms of pacing, I don't understand how this thing is a successful film franchise. Because, especially this film, Eric, you alluded to it, I guess, doesn't even cover the whole first book, right? And it just kind of runs out of time and ends at some point. And it, you know, it starts off by saying it's Dune Part 1. They have not greenlit a sequel movie to this thing um, as of the time of this recording. The, this, <laughs> this feels very much like a chapter in a story and not anywhere near a complete story. Yeah, it's Incredible. definitely a weird Incredible. setup because it's like this is only... Incredible. The book is like 800 pages or whatever, so what we saw in the, the new is like... 150 200 pages maybe i mean it's weird that they spent so much time developing that and it's just such a slight portion of the overall story you guys you guys can't hear me so i mean if if we want to maybe try to just finish up so not such an abrupt or, or we can just go, this is only the beginning. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 just let's just cut in here. Um so hey everybody, this might be a two-parter to be continued. Um Eric had a power outage in the middle of me and Chris talking over yeah. each other. Like uh hand of God type stuff. That's uh that's always fun. This is the joy of podcasting. Yes. We we yeah, got a, 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 a text from him saying that yeah. um, atmospheric river <laughs> shit has happened and he has lost power. So we're going to wrap up the, the show for now. Uh, but as always, you can uh, check out, you know, first of all, subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get the rest of it next week, yeah. right? And then uh, you can check out our old episodes on our website, <laughs> maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. And there you can find links to our Twitter feed. We're at MagHuge. Our, our Facebook, where we're the Magnificently Huge podcast. Our Instagram. You can find a link to email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. As always, leave a review on the show, share on our social media feeds, and we'll come back Maybe. eventually. See? Assuming the power comes back. It's just like back. the stupid movie. It's like it's suddenly you're invested and then it just ends. Everything like, boom. Right? Fucking hate. Everything about